thank you for permitting me into your homes and hearts. I remain the voice of one. There's an African folklore that tells of a fly that loved fraternizing with corpses. It was severally warned against this pastime that it did not heed the warnings. One day, while fraternizing with a corpse, the undertakers shot the coffin lid, and that was how the fly perished. There's also an African proverb which states, every day is for the thief, one day is for the owner. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1 aptly captures the essence of the African folklore and proverb when it states in the message translation, for people who hate discipline and only get more stubborn, there'll come a day when life tumbles in and they break, but by then it will be too late to help them. People are repeatedly warned of God's impending judgment, but they never heed such warnings. Why? It is written in the message translation of Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 11, because the sentence against evil deeds is so long in coming, people in general think they can get by with murder. We generally do not pay attention to warnings when we do not see the immediate consequences of defaulting on the warning. This is even worse with divine warnings as people treat such warnings with levity and even contempt. Samson, a powerful man of God in scripture, lived contrary to God for a long time, yet he continued to display supernatural feats. One day, however, he revealed the secret of his power to his lover, who was in reality an enemy. He told Delilah, his lover enemy, that if the hair on his head should be cut, he would become weak and powerless. Delilah promptly lulled Samson to sleep on her lap and shaved his head. Once this was done, Samson indeed became like any ordinary human being. The cutting off of Samson's hair is figurative of removing the Holy Spirit, the one who empowered Samson from his life. The departure of the Holy Spirit made Samson like any other human being, weak and powerless, unable to defend himself against his enemies, the Philistines. The Philistines took full advantage of Samson's powerlessness, pounced on him, plucked out his eyes, bound him with chains, and incarcerated him. Thus, the once powerful Samson became a blind, bound, beggarly captive of those he had once overcome. Although Samson later performed one last act of devastation in which he killed all the Philistines present, it was indeed his last act, for he also perished with them. Through Samson's story, God is warning pastors, prophets, bishops, reverends, apostles, general overseers, and other church leaders who are habitually living and engaging in activities that are contrary to God to desist from such a lifestyle, lest they end up like Samson. But will they listen? Do they learn? God's warning goes beyond ministers of the gospel who are sinning. He's also warning those church attendees or Christians who are habitually sinning and living contrary to him, lest they find themselves in the enemy's prison, blinded, bound, and beggarly. But will they listen? Do they learn? John the Apostle wrote about one of his encounters in heaven regarding an angel's prophetic statement in Revelation chapter 22 from verse 10 through to verse 14, as recorded in the New King James Version. Do not seal the word of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Friend, Jesus, who was crucified and who rose from the dead, will return soon to herald the end 
of the world as we know it. He is notifying not only church leaders and Christians, but all human beings of his impending return and the consequence of punishment. It is like having told someone to stop doing some wrong thing, they persist. You then tell them one final time, if you like, listen. If you like, don't listen. With such a statement, the person's fate is sealed and whatever comes upon them because of their continual untoward behavior will be theirs to bear. Similarly, Jesus told the people of his day while he was on the earth before his crucifixion that his return will be as what obtained in the days of Noah. Jesus said in Luke chapter 17 verse 27, the New King James Version, that in Noah's day before the flood that wiped out the whole world of humans and animals, the people ate, drank, married wives were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. God had told Noah that he was about to destroy the world with a flood and that he would make an ark for the preservation of a pair of every species of animals, reptiles, and birds, along with Noah and his family. So Noah got down to building the ark. It is not documented what transpired while Noah was building the ark, but I perceive that people would have wondered what he was doing and he would have told them of God's plan to destroy the earth with the flood. I can hear the people laughing at Noah and saying that he must have his crew loose in his brain. As Jesus said, the people continued life as usual until the day Noah and his family entered the ark and the rains began. It is also instructive to note that Noah spent about 100 years building the ark, yet no one considered that they needed to rethink and repent before God. It is like what is happening today, which is the essence of Jesus' one. The gospel is being preached, but some people have no regard for its message. They continue to live as they have always lived, engaging in evil and living contrary to God. People are engaging in bribery and corruption, drug crimes, ritual killings, prostitution, and so on. Politicians are canvassing for votes and telling the electorate that they are the best thing that can happen to them, not giving a thought that the very breath in them is not in their power. People fail to realize that those who made promises of engaging in some project today died yesterday. What is sad is that some ministers of the gospel have turned against the very gospel they were ordained to preach as they embark on the fruitless preaching and teaching of a prosperity gospel that has nothing to do with God. They teach the acquisition of material possessions as the gospel. They encourage people to turn to earthly pursuits in the acquisition of such material things. Now, Jesus is warning that he's coming soon. Those who want to continue to engage in wrong things can go on engaging therein. But those who are engaging in righteous acts, which please God, should not relent, but redouble the profession of their faith in Jesus Christ and live accordingly. Friend, if you are one of those who have been deceived into thinking that having material things counts in heaven, ask yourself, why do people not take any of these things with them when they die? Also ponder on this. If the world is to be destroyed by God, of what value are your acquisitions? Am I asking you to live a destitute life? No, I am saying that you should not make material possessions your pursuit. Rather, focus on God and make him your pursuit and he will provide you with what you need for sustenance in this life. As it is written in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 of the New King James Version, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the things that people who are fixated on material possessions are pursuing shall be added to you. There is an urgency about the coming of Jesus Christ because it can happen anytime now. Indeed, if you die before Jesus comes, you will meet him and you will have yourself to blame 
if you have refused to live for him. And you shall bear the consequence of living contrary to God. Not that when you stand before God in judgment, you will stand alone. You will not be able to call on your pastor, friends, or lawyer to defend you. The only defender you can have before God that will be of help to you is having Jesus Christ in your life. If you must avoid the impending disaster coming upon all humans, you must align with Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world from sin's destruction and God's judgment on sinners. You must seek God's forgiveness, renounce your sinful lifestyle, and turn to God in repentance, confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you shall be saved. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word to the world. I ask eternal rock of ages that as many as will heed this warning, Lord, I pray that you will touch their hearts and bring them to the place of true repentance so that you can save their souls to the uttermost. Thank you, everlasting Father, in Jesus' name. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye.